Welcome to Explorers Wanted. We are a weekly Numenera actual play podcast. I will be your humble GM, Daniel Anderlich. With me today is Alex Finn. I mean, it's one of those things where I'm wearing our special anniversary shirt. I just need you to look these girls in the eyes as they're saying happy anniversary. The girls printed on your shirt. Yes. I'm not referring to my bosom for once. (laughs) (laughs) Stace Babcock. I'm also wearing a shirt. Fair. And Samson Davis. Shirt and pants for me. It's a big day. Ooh. But are they hard pants? (laughs) Uh, No, I washed them. Thank you. It's anniversary. You got to dress up. It is. It is our one-year potiversary. One year ago today, from the date of this recording, April 8th, we released our first full episode. It's been a wild ride. I cannot believe it's been a year. I mean, are we still riding? <laughs> Mostly because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. It's <laughs> podcasting. Feels like fine. literally <laughs> yesterday. It's been a very long April. <laughs> but it is super cool. And it's crazy how we've grown and that people listen to us. And every single person who says, hey, I'm going to try Numenera now, my heart grows one size. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's super exciting. So who remembers what happened last time? I think I'm going to pick on Samson. Ooh. So last time we had just left Mama Jaren's house and we knew we had to leave the city, but we want, we were kind of talking about like, do we need to make a quick detour or something? And we were thinking, maybe we should go to the Wayhouse, just talk to Pathfinder Jen, I believe. And then we got to the Wayhouse and then we saw two guards in the front. We're like, nope. So decided not to do that. And we started walking uh, southeast out of Charmant because we are going, well, southeast. To find uh, that village, Mountain's Bone, I believe it's called. Oh, along the way, we met some bounty hunters who had uh, gotten a little buzz, who had heard about the buzz about a uh, Sladic job, which is Stacey's character's last name. Former. Came up with some fun name. Former? Yeah, you uh, give up your last name when you join the organization. Because uh, she's married to it. That, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's a commitment there. Whatever you do with your cults, I guess you don't have it now. <laughs> In the wiki, I did put Nick's, in parentheses, nay, Slater. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, uh, we talked with them, got them to not look at us too long. We were disguised. That's a thing I've had up. And then after a few days, as we were camping, some blue beetles started showing up just around us. What's up, Stacy? made a face. You know, I'll give you a chance, Samson. You take thorough notes. So I could be the one confused. Oh. All right, fine. So while we're camping, some blue beetles started crawling over Stace and company. So Dilly carefully flicked those off and then decided to just wake them up because this is going to get bad. And it did. We got into a fight with this asshole. Dilly is temporally frozen at the moment. And I think will be for a while. The next five hours and 45 minutes. Because Nix and Cha-Cha fucking took this guy apart. Yeah. Nix beat down Baby Bailey and did find <laughs> that there was a note on his person with signature J, but we're pretty sure that's just Pathfinder Jen. Yeah, because it was the address of the Wayhouse, like po- point of contact on this bounty or informant or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's where the session ended. What I was going to mention, Samson, was the encounter with the bounty hunters that were on the way in. No, yeah, that's those were the travelers we met. Yeah, but they're Don. One of them's Donovan's cousin. Oh, Janimus, was that one? Yeah, and Chachet saw her real alias to that person. That's not going to come bite us in the butt. 
Yeah, her real alias. Yeah. <laughs> mm. That's not going to bite us in the butt. It's fine. It's not like there's other bounties in Charmond associated with the name Cha-Cha. Nah, it's fine. I don't know what you're talking about. What if we find a second Cha-Cha that's like more destructive than this one? Is that possible? We just have a Spartacus moment. <laughs> 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 what if you guys get to a point where you find out that Alex and I have been trolling you this whole time and that there's really another cha-cha and Alex's cha-cha is an innocent little angel and this malevolent cha-cha is the one that's causing all this chaos and the descriptions between the two of them are just getting confused. That would be amazing. Like I'm playing secretly two characters. I would believe that if Alex didn't have a type of character. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Yeah, this is true. Chaos and destruction. <laughs> so yeah, Nix and Cha-Cha have defeated, as Samson called him, Beetle Bailey. And Dilly is temporarily frozen. You found the journal on him with a note about Jay at the Wayhouse. And you know that you're going to have several hours here before Dilly returns back to the same sort of consciousness you're at. Worth noting that when Dillian freezes, he's still going to be tired. He got a little bit of sleep beforehand, but he isn't resting in this frozen state. I would say, Chacha, as a nano, you would know that you're probably going to have about five hours here before Dilly's going to be able to be moved at all. Mm -hmm. I think Chacha's going to draw a couple drawings on Dilly's face. Ooh, what drawings? Nick sits behind him and leans her back on his legs to sleep sitting up. It's true, he would be very sturdy because he's essentially frozen in place. Mm -hmm. So do you want to take watch, Cha-Cha? I kind of need to... Yeah, I think it's my turn, isn't it? I don't think Dilly's watching anything. Yeah, he's kind of asleep on the job, but not sleeping. Yeah, like, and he wasn't really involved in the fight. Like, we're going to have to have a talk about, like, the division of labor in this party uh, when he, you know, gets back or whatever. He will have to. We'll push him. It's fine. Yeah, because, like, he's supposed to be on watch right now, I think. Yeah. He'll get, like, double watch later. <laughs> Just an all-nighter. <laughs> so is this how you guys are passing the five hours? Yeah, drawing on Dilly. Oh, what drawings? I don't think we ever answered that. Oh, I think it starts out simple, like a curly mustache and glasses, but then it becomes, like, a more elaborate, like, mosaic of all the horrors Chacha has ever seen. So you started off with like a whimsical mustache and glasses and then it turns into like a tribal face tattoo that just never stops. Yes. Just turn him into like a full illustrated man. Oh, yeah. yeah. Don't worry. Chacha's Sorry. like painted every inch of his body that she can reach through his clothes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Occasionally going over on the clothes. It's fine. Okay, cool. So Chacha. Your watch passes mostly uneventfully. You see some wildlife in the distance, but nothing dangerous. It's more stuff that wouldn't really mess with you guys. Might be worth hunting if you were inclined to do so. But of course, the member of your party that's most inclined to hunt is currently asleep. But after about five hours and change, Dilly, you spring back into consciousness. Now, Dilly... You've been in this like mental state with your where you talked to your robot son and you were doing design work and things like that. And 
that definitely like that time passed for a long time in your mind because of the ratio of like six seconds to an hour. But physically, it feels like nothing has changed. Like it was just like right before you got zapped by that explosion with the one difference that obviously the light is different. So the surroundings look different. And for some reason, your legs are really tired. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I imagine Dilly just kind of, ah! and then like falls over because he was kind of like leaned back. <laughs> and lands yep. right on Nick. Ah! What does Nick do when Dilly falls on you while you're sleeping? <laughs> Nick's, uh, Nick's wakes up in her, her snake-like fashion when she's startled and snaps with her fangs out. Okay. I would say that you managed to catch yourself in time, but Dilly, those fangs come within an inch of your face, and you can smell the venom on her mm-hmm. breath. <laughs> Whoa! God, okay, let me get off real quick. I oh Jesus! How do we do? Did you kill him? I see a lot of dead bugs, so I'm gonna take that. Oh yeah, Cha Cha killed him. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah. Punched him a little bit, you know. Kicked him with my synth leg. I was a contributor, but Cha Cha definitely like got in the final shot. Nice. All right. Yo, though, first of all. Your tattoos are sick. And Nyx will, like, roll up her (laughs) sleeve to show off hers and hold it out. I don't know that you've ever described Nyx's tattoos in the podcast. Yeah, I don't don't know that I have either. They are just a complete pattern. I think I've mentioned the tattoos. I don't know if I've described them. They come up. You can see them above the collar of her shirt and at the wrists of her hands. But she doesn't often show off the pattern. But it's it's a very geometric pattern. With a lot of right angles. Mm-hmm. Nice. I don't have tattoos. And then Dilly will look around, finally take note of the difference in time, and then look at Chacha. <laughs> I think Chacha's like staring blankly into space with the brush out, like drawing where Dilly would be. Like she hasn't stopped her mosaic. Just Dilly's mm-hmm. not there anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, Dilly, you find that your skin is covered in these swirls and designs, and some of them kind of turn into these strange creatures with these weird faces around your wrists, where there wasn't a lot of space. You can see that Chacha's done some detail work, and you see some distorted faces down there. And actually, your left arm, where your sleeve had been up just a little bit, She's now painted a snake with one of those distorted Munk faces. Distorted what face? Distorted face like the scream by Munk. Oh, Munk. Dilly will look at it just like, Chacha, I swear if these start moving on their own, I'm going to scream. I mean, like anything's possible, but like this is normal ink. Oh, yeah, that is a good question. Were you using ink or were you using the glow ink that you guys bought? I mean, it's for sure the glow ink. Otherwise, how could Chacha see what she was doing at night? (laughs) True. Fuck. Yeah, so Dilly, all these temporary tattoos, essentially, that Chacha's given you are all Mm. glowing faintly in the pre-dawn darkness. Don't even have to light a fire. Uh, You look great. Like. Oh, thank you. Great, yeah. It's second we find a river, though. I am taking a bath. You should. I've been sitting really close to you all night, and whew. Damn. 
remember that next time I become wanted by a criminal organization. Nix, could you give me a recent events and rumors roll? You're trained, so it'll be a six. Yes. Five. Nice. Okay. You haven't heard anything about this area. (laughs) (laughs) It's always exciting to explore new places. Nix has probably actually been this way, but... So guys, uh, before we head out, I took a, like a journal off that guy and it looks like Pathfinder Jen is like telling people where to find me. Oh, we go back, kill Pathfinder Jen. I mean, I would go back and try to figure out what is going on, Cha-Cha, but like my concern here is that we only have a certain amount of time to get to Mountain's Bone, but like... There's something weird going on with the order. Everyone seems to think that they're a cult, like, and they're like a family, you know what I mean? It's like a way of life, but everyone seems to think that they're bad. And then kind of like Pathfinder Jen's kind of being bad. So really want to get to the bottom of what's going on with the order. You said family, which made me think of things, but it did make me think of something else. Do you think this is like personal or do you think she's like, Oh, Nix has become a liability or something. We gotta do something about her before she brings down the whole family. Ooh, Daniel, would this be a good opportunity for Nix to use her intrigue skill to see if she can understand like the politics of the society from that level and, and the, from that perspective? Ooh. It absolutely would be a good time to use that. A question like this would probably normally be a 12, but since you have training and intrigue, it's a nine. And since you are a member of the order, we'll make it a six. Oh, hell yeah. 19. Okay, nice. I will tell you what you know, and then you can propose a minor effect. So the political structure of the order, there are a relatively minor percentage of pathfinders. And those are ones that have been, you know, elevated to that level in part because of their skill and mutual respect as well as their sacrifice, being willing to give up their own wandering in order to provide continuity at a management level within the order. There are individual pathfinders who have, you know, influence, maybe a little bit more influence than others, but that's not official influence. It's just force of personality. If push came to shove and there was a disagreement, there would be a vote among the pathfinders that were available in order to see what decision they would make. So the Pathfinders themselves are also relatively flat. You're not aware of any mastermind in the order. In fact, that doesn't really jive with the tenets. So if such a thing exists, it's something that's pretty alien to your experience with them. Now, the order officially doesn't have any political affiliation. The order is in Navarine, but it also has a presence in neighboring nations such as Dreolus and Thamor. However, you are aware that the majority of the wayhouses and the proving ground itself, which is in the foothills of the Black Riage, most of those wayhouses and the proving ground fall within the borders of Navarine. And while the order doesn't have any official fealty to the queen, they are in a politically tricky situation because of where they're located. And you realize that you may have created a problem for the order by drawing the queen's attention, and they may be between a rock and a hard place at the moment. Yeah, I guess it's possible because, like, I mean, the queen has to let us be here, right? So maybe maybe she's just trying to to throw the queen a bone. I don't know, but I don't like it. Like, 
Yeah, and they really have been enjoying their tax-exempt status. That's a huge part of their financial planning. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, Why would they care what the queen says? Because isn't your uh, society, like, pretty, um, what's the word, like, a-border? A like, they don't... Apolitical? I... A national? I don't know. My maybe a political. International Dilly is that the maybe diplomatic immunity? Well, I don't think that's right. I mean, I guess I would think that, like, just you know, when you get away from civilization, it's hard for those in power, such as the queen, to project that power, and so you can get away with a lot of shit. Next decides to sound intelligent because she made an intrigue roll <laughs> for minor effect. Nick's went to college. She knows all these terms. That's true. <laughs> she had some poli sci. She got a uh, well, Have we ever said what degree? I almost just made canon. Just no. You've never said what she studied there. Um, what did she get her degree in? Did you say like liberal arts at some point, or was that like off podcast? It was a wide variety of topics. I might have been off. Pod. I think we were discussing what would Nick's degree be in, <laughs> and we never <laughs> we never settled. She changed majors four times for the minor effect. If there is uh, any sort of connection between this and the the or maybe some sort of insight into the interest in Nix's mom by the order or by the society. Oh, yeah, that is weird. So the whole interest in your mom, specifically the what you saw from Pathfinder Jen, the plates, these weird lamprey beasts, if they are, in fact, connected, like none of that jives at all with your experience and understanding of the order. Ooh, so maybe now because Nyx is like actually questioning mo the motives, she kind of starts to question that as well. Yeah, for sure. Because, you know, specifically with Pathfinder Jen, her focus on it indicated, you know, a strong interest in your mom and what Mama Jaren told you about the plate and the purpose behind it, that suggests to you a specific hidden group or sect within the order that's focused on these things, which, once again, does not jive with your understanding of the order. Guys, I think Pathfinder Jen is bad. And I think she's she's probably giving the society a bad name, which it just explains so much you know, in terms of what people have been saying about us. <laughs> Nick's always gets so close and then just veers off in another direction. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, uh, uh, uh. So close. <laughs> so are you saying that, like, are you saying that your society has been behind everything? Behind the Nixos and the Handlers and, like, the Queens? No, I, no. Billy, I mean, I think, like, Pathfinder Jen is, is, you know, she's like a bad egg. I do not think she's living by the tenets. And I think that, you know, she's hurting the reputation of the society with, like, the stuff that was going on with my mom. And now she's after me. Like, that's weird. Like, that's not how, you know, we act usually. <laughs> usually. Oh, okay. Sorry, I was writing something down. I think I got confused when you said we. And that's, that's fine. That's one thing I like about you a lot, Dilly, is you, you know, you write shit down. Yep. But I do. My new illustrated hands. Hey, Chacha, is this permanent? Is this, am I stuck with this now? Or? I mean, even Zerats? Say this Glow Ink is designed for painting out paths and markings and ruins. It's meant to last a long time. 
it's not impossible to wash off, but it will take more than one go. And it has elements of, it's kind of like a Sharpie mark, except it's also got elements of glitter in the sense that even after you wash it off, you'll probably still be finding little bits of it for a while. <laughs> I painted my fingernails with it once, Dilly, and to get it off my thumbnail to like suck my thumb for like 120 miles. <laughs> and it tastes bad. So it's not edible. <laughs> no, it's edible. You can eat it. It just doesn't taste very good. Did you like, and did, quick question, did you have to like go blind for a week or two while you're doing that or no? Those are important questions. Like, yeah, you survive, but like. Did you have a stomach ache? Break out in hives? Oh, I'm... Honestly, Nix, it's a little bit of a daze. That whole walk, the memories are a little fuzzy from it. <laughs> I mean, did people describe you as different after the walk? People always describe me as different, Chacha. But I got to tell you, that's one of my more pleasant walks, I think. <laughs> Glow Ink is like Ninth World Mercury. <laughs> I know. I'm just like, I'm just a little concerned about, like, Alex is concerned about, like, brain damage. <laughs> 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 oh, I mean, maybe. I don't know. Meanwhile, as Nix is telling you this, there's just that one vein in her forehead that's just bulging. <laughs> uh, all right. Did she hit my face? Chacha, did you draw my face? To define draw. Uh, did you do to my hands, to my face? No, it's all different. <laughs> Dilly turns to Nix. Is it bad? Like, is this bad? It's stunning. Disguise. <laughs> <laughs> Dilly throws up a disguise of himself, I guess. <laughs> Whoa, it's like Dilly just cleaned himself off immediately. <laughs> oh, could Chacha hedge magic Dilly and she's just not? Oh, yeah. Chacha could clean Dilly very easily. Yeah, if she wanted to. Hedge magic is great for cleaning. <laughs> I think Chacha stayed so clean. So fresh, so clean. All right, well, so actually, another question. Actually, a couple questions. One, so now your order is kind of not exactly as trustworthy as they were beforehand. So should we be, like, careful around other travelers we meet? Second, are we going to change how we travel since apparently we're quite well known now? Like, are we sticking to the road, I mean? I mean, yeah, as long as we're not telling people, like, our actual names and we're wearing disguises, I don't really see. It's the fastest way to get out of, you know, here. All right, yeah. But, like, if you guys want to walk through the woods, you know, it's going to extend the length of our, our travel. It's going to be a little bit difficult if you're not used to that, but you'll you'll toughen up, Dilly. Or, or not. Like, well, you either do or you don't, you know what I'm saying? I thought we agreed no woods. I was thinking about that. I was thinking, like, if I can't keep us disguised while we sleep, so then what then? Oh, yeah, we should definitely, like, go farther off the trail when we sleep. That's a good call, Dilly. All right. So, what you guys doing? Gonna pick up the trail? Nix eats some of the bugs. <laughs> yes. Okay, Nix, they're not particularly tasty, but they've got protein. There's a bit of a mixture of an acrid and tart flavor to their guts. But it's doable. A little bit of crunch. The crunch. There is a lot of crunch. A little bit like Fritos, but with a gooey center that explodes out when you crack into it. It's like a slightly addicting sensation. Like the taste is bad, but the sensation. Yeah. It's like eating a gusher if the shell wasn't gummy, but instead was made of Fritos. Ooh. Nix like takes a few dozen extra road snacks. <laughs> You think we can cook those like popcorn? What am I saying? I'm not eating this. Sorry. 
We should, we should get going. Dilly, you really should. Like, it's a great source of protein. It's right here. I mean, it's sustainable, right? Like, is it sustainable? Well, they're already dead. It's like recycling. So we don't have to, like, kill more bugs tomorrow before we eat them. You know what I'm saying? And to be fair, as Ninth Worlders, you guys are used to eating Bug. bugs. I mean, there are other meats and proteins available, but because of the dangers associated with trying to maintain a bunch of land from the wildlife, right. insects are a very common source of nutrition. Well, ninth world insects, which run the gamut. They will look at Nick's and then slowly pick one up and then kind of brush it off and then pop it in his mouth real quick. It's really gross, Dilly. It's the reaction that you have is similar to as if you accidentally put raw chicken in your mouth. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Uh, Daniel, you're genius. All right. Huh. <laughs> Nick loves it. <laughs> Listeners, I wish you could have seen Stace make the fang motion with her fingers in front of the camera because she understands that it's a snack thing. But yeah, Dilly, these, these are gross. These need to be cooked. If they were cooked, they'd probably be fine. It's a gross, Nick. And your physical reaction, Dilly, is very much your body warning you that eating this is a bad idea. Uh, I'll never trust again. <laughs> I mean, I kind of want Cha-Cha to try eating a bug and be like, mm, maybe Cha-Cha snake. Cha-Cha can try whatever she wants. Cha-Cha's going to try you want. It's not great. I mean, it's not good. Yeah. It's not bad. You've had worse. Yeah. I mean, Dilly, you need to like grow up. There's not always fire in the forest. You're going to have to learn how to eat your bugs raw sometimes i love this because by apparent age dilly probably looks the oldest of the three of you mm. so i'm <laughs> i'm loving this quite a bit what? why isn't there fire in the forest why don't you just make a fire because the forest is flammable is that a thing are forests still flammable it really depends on the forest the ninth worlders have a wide range of things that they call trees some of them are flammable some of them are not Oh, or it could be too moist. Some of them are even explosive. Ooh. And some of them will just vanish immediately. I mean, in winter already, trees can kind of look like the vascular tubings of a lung. And in the ninth world, sometimes that's more than just a visual metaphor. All right. Well, more for me. And it's just like picks up a handful, shakes them around, and then just like dumps like a half dozen into her mouth. <laughs> Oh, yeah, Nick, these bugs, they're kind of like movie theater popcorn for you. They're just delightfully crunchy and tasty to munch. It doesn't ever really completely fill you up, but like it's compelling to just keep eating it over and over again. And they have fiber, too. Oh, yeah, Nick's is going to be very regular. <laughs> Which is important in the forest. <laughs> yeah, Dilly's got a long stretch ahead of him. Uh, I already did this once, so let's just do it again. So I assume you guys are going on your way. Yeah. Okay, so you guys follow the road for another day, and it's getting time where you're going to have to camp again. Are you guys going to camp next to the road, or are you going to go deeper into the forest this time? Deeper into the forest. Deeper into the forest. Okay. So you guys move your camp deeper into the forest. Can everybody make a perception roll of nine for me? Ooh. 18. Yeah, 20. Okay. 18. Okay, so you all hear this sort of dripping, sloshing sound 
coming from, you know, sort of forward into your left, which I guess be northeast of you. And Nix, what would you propose as a major effect? That someone would have to look really hard for us. Like that, not only are we far off the road, but we're like in a hollow or something that would make it harder for, for a bounty mm. hunter to find us. Okay, so yeah, you lead them off the road into this area amongst the forest where you've been trying to track the tree lines on it, and you have a fair amount of tree cover, so it'd be very difficult, not impossible, but very difficult for somebody to spot you guys there. They would have to know exactly who they're looking for and where in the forest they're looking for you to be. It's not something that would stick out easily to them. So you've got a fair amount of cover from the road, and you've got this sort of wet, sloshy, watery sound to your northeast. Does it sound like a creek or a river, or does it sound different? Mm, it definitely sounds like water, but it doesn't sound like a flowing creek or river. It's just this sort of sloshy sound. Can we go check that out before we camp? Maybe. Oh, sure. Yeah, let's go. let's go see what's up. Okay, so you guys head in that direction. It's only about a five-minute walk from your chosen campsite. And you reach this wide span of water. It's the shape of a creek or a stream, but the water is just sort of sluggishly moving and fetid and maybe even stagnant at spots. And anybody who wants to can make a nature roll of nine. Ooh, 17. 18. 11. Okay. So you guys can all tell from the shape of this land that this should be a stream, maybe even a river. It should be flowing quickly, being fed by the mountains above. But this looks almost more like swampland. It doesn't make sense. And judging by the nature of the vegetation around the water, which does not jive with swampland, that this change might be fairly recent. Dilly, if you would like to take a bath in it, you're welcome to, but it doesn't look like ideal bathing water. You said it like kind of smelled fetid and gross? Yeah, it's not bog of eternal stench, but it's not great either. It's up there. Yeah, Dilly's not gonna do that. This doesn't seem right, right? I mean, I wouldn't trust it. Can we like check it out? Like go upstream and see if we can find anything? Yes. Maybe we'll find bugs. Oh, bugs. Ugh. Whatever you guys want to do. Admittedly, this is kind of like camping time. Mm -hmm. I feel like the narrator is trying to dissuade us from going on this adventure. No, you can do whatever you want. I just wanted to point out that, you know, you've been traveling for a day, so you're probably tired. Hmm. I mean, it is kind of... If the water's like this, it's probably nothing good. You know what I'm saying? Do you have a cipher? That would allow me to ask a yes or no question that might help, but I can't think of a good question that might know, decide it for us. As to, like, whether or not we should? The answer's always, like, you can do anything, isn't it? Yeah, should might be a little too vague. You mean your, like, data sphere question? Cipher? Data sphere inquirer? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is not a yes or no question. That is the answer to oh, one question, any kind of question. The answer will not doesn't have to be yes or no. It will never be a lie, but it is also open to a wide variety of interpretation among both the question 
and the answer. So you, you really have to think it through. Oh, okay. okay. Because the other one you guys had was something that gave you three answers about a specific location, whereas this is one question about mm. anything. Gotcha. Okay. Anything. Oh, that would have been nice to know earlier. <laughs> You're like, all the questions I could have been asking. Son of a biscuit. If it's anything, then I might want to save this because that's actually much more valuable. Yeah, I was surprised that you were like suggesting yeah, like, to use it. Let's just blow it. Well, I thought it was just a yes or no question. That's why I was like, oh, no, no, no. Yeah. Okay. This isn't any lame D&D magic <laughs> shit. This is the real thing here. This is hardcore shit. Let's just check it out. Like, what are we going to do? Sleep? Like, come on, guys. Yeah, let's fuck around. Find out. I'm technically operating on two hours of sleep for the past few days, so... Oh my god, Dilly, you were doing nothing for, like, 12 hours. And Dilly, I would say that you're hindered right now as a result of that. Fuck. And I still have the two, I have still the two hindrances from the surgery. Yeah. You didn't pull watch. You didn't fight the bounty hunter. Like, I don't understand. You threw a thing at me. There was literally nothing I could do. Well, I'm saying you got a nice break, Dilly. Yeah. I didn't get a break. You got a pretty nice deal Dilly. in there. No, that was instantaneous for me. What do you mean? Like what? Like, it felt like, uh, what, half hour passed? A couple minutes at most. A couple minutes at most. Like, I didn't get to do a whole lot. Maybe we better rest then. And Cha-Cha, we'll just be like extra good at watch tonight. I mean, I'm running out of canvas, though. What, have you been trying? Cha-cha! <laughs> <laughs> this time she got the small of your back, just from the position you were sleeping in. Yep. <sighs> I mean, we, we could take off his shoes and then it'd be fine. Let's leave Dilly's clothes on. I feel like that that's a good line for, like, a group of people, is that we just leave articles of clothing on. Yeah, I agree. We don't undress each other <laughs> while the others are sleeping. Uh-uh. Yeah. But, like, I can't really draw on myself. Oh, you totally could. You could get your own arms. You could get your own legs. Oh, I have a better idea. I'm going to make the coat fit better. Yeah, that's what I'll use for watch. Nice. All right, Dilly, you get a full night's rest this time. But, like, for real. Again, it wasn't my choice. Whatever. I'll go to bed. Good night. And he just collapses. Okay. So you guys get a night of sleep. The watches pass uneventfully, and morning comes. Chacha now has a lime green romper. Okay, that works. Short sleeve or long sleeve? I think, like, long sleeve, but it's, like, shorts with long sleeves. Yeah, I feel like it's got to be, right? Like, yeah. Mm, yeah, yeah. Nyx is, like, running circles around the campsite. That's what you guys wake up to. <laughs> Nix is just doing parkour <laughs> over your bedrolls. And Nix, do you whisper parkour to yourself? Yes. After, as you do each jump? Oh, yeah. <laughs> she reaches down to give Jeski scritches. Jeski isn't there. Jeski's not here anymore. And Jeski isn't there. Oh. And she sadly says parkour. Oh. <laughs> All right, guys. Are you ready to, like... Get going, Dilly, ready to greet the day after that nap? Are we going to greet the day towards this stink river or towards wherever we're going? Is upstream on the stink river in the direction we're already traveling, Daniel? It is. I mean, 
you think it would probably take a while before the road were to meet up with Stink River because you guys went a little bit in the forest, but Stink River is going in roughly the same direction. Yeah, let's follow the Stink River. Like, I'm I'm down with that. Saves us backtracking to the road. Is this Stink River the one we found, the the big one that I vaguely remember from the uh, Numenera maps? Or is that a metagame question? That would be a metagame question. Damn it. All right, never mind. <laughs> Onward. Let's go. Okay, so you guys travel for a day along the Stink River. Most of it looks the same, except you do find some instances of dead wildlife alongside it. Specifically, you see something that looks like a deer, like we think of a deer, except its mouth is a fist of tentacles that are sort of laying wilted out of its mouth. Is it fresh? Is it alive? Fresh-ish. They're dead. I mean, they're definitely dead. I was concerned. They have, their eyes are like completely bloodshot. I would say Nyx and Chacha from your travels probably know that these things are typically called kissing fawns. They can usually be a little bit dangerous, but these creatures are absolutely dead here, lying next to the water. But like, are they like dead for more than four hours or are they within like the Navarine Food Administration safety guidelines? <laughs> mm, let's do this. Roll 1d6 for me. Got it. One. Oh. Okay. One of them is probably been dead for less than four hours. Next, we'll just make a selection of organ meat and just the organ meats. Nix wants the organ meats. Yeah, Nix doesn't care about gout. Nix, is that a good idea? I don't. Aren't these things poisoned now? What makes you think that? Dilly just makes a broad gesture to the dead animals next to the river. To stink river. Is this not obvious? Is this not a sign that the river's bad and that these animals are poisoned and that the meat's bad? Oh, I won't eat the stomach then, Dilly. That's like a really good point. But like, depends on the poison and if it interacts with Nix poorly. Or maybe it, like, improves Nyx's poison. Nyx will let her snake sniff it. How do you mean? Like, she's going to smell it, but would her snake know if it was poison? Because she's eating the organ meat for the snake. Well, the snake is not a separate entity from Nyx. No, I know. Does Nyx think of the snake as a separate entity? She's trying to induce the snake to take over. Hmm. Does Nyx think of it as a separate entity? So, earlier you said the snack. When, like, the snack likes the bugs. So that's all I was thinking. Yeah, I was referring to Nyx. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Well, Nyx does have a taste for raw meat now, so she will harvest raw meat. But, like, if there's, like, no inclination that it's bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, so you're going to try a bite? Just sniff it first. Okay. Give me a perception roll of 18. 17. Yeah, you can't tell. It just seems like a normal organ you'd harvest. You can't tell if there's anything wrong with it or if it's normal. Nyx takes a delicate bite. Okay. Give me a might defense roll of 18. Spent, oh gosh, two levels of effort. You'll get an asset on that because of your venomous nature. Okay. So an asset on your venomous nature, two levels of effort, that brings it down to a nine for you. 14. Okay. So you eat it down. It Tastes a little off, but seems fine for you. Yeah. Nyx finishes the liver. Nyx finishes the liver. The rest of you notice that Nyx's hands are still not clean from when she was killing those mutants over in Charmant. 
It's been week. It's been like a week. Like Nix isn't like <laughs> filthy. Okay, Nix doesn't care. <laughs> but like she washed it. <laughs> okay, okay. So she's cleaned it off. So occasionally, none of this flesh stuff. Just some dirt, grime, and liver juices on her fingers, which she licks off as they're walking. His finger licking good. <laughs> mm. I assume so. Is her tongue still human tongue ish? Yeah, it's still a human tongue. But whenever she's taking a bite of the organ, her mouth opens too wide. It's almost like Nyx is trying to mimic normal eating behavior. Like, so she's trying to force herself to take a dainty bite, but. And she like snaps a little at the end because she gets that extra momentum. Exactly. And sometimes she just sort of unconsciously like shakes her head a little bit as she bites down. Uh, it's not like, you know, hugely noticeable, but like there's this subtle like jerking motion. <laughs> Was that a death roll? Did you just try to do a death roll? No. All right. It, it's a thing crocodiles do because they can't chew. They can only go like up and down. So they like do death rolls. Yep. Oh, like, that's cool. Twist pieces off and get it manageable sizes. Mm-hmm. No, I don't. Nick's not a crocodile. Nick's is a snakes or a snack, so I don't think so. Well, some snakes kind of do a death roll, like anacondas, like they squeeze them. Do anacondas? Because anacondas is a, a constrictor. Anacondas can swim, and so they kind of like grab them and, and go. And for Nick's, that might be the case because she's venomous like a viper, but she still has constrictor-like tendencies. Oh man. So yeah, I need to research. I need to go down Wikipedia and search snake. No, I think she's just doing the thing that you would do, like if you're eating like a tough <laughs> piece of jerky, you know, like just trying to get a little leverage. Yeah, yeah. So tender. <laughs> <laughs> can we go now? Because this is really disturbing to watch. You can walk in front, Dilly. <laughs> That's the solution. All right. <laughs> Chacha should walk in front. I don't trust. What do you mean? Like I'm not the one who can spit venom. No, but you're the one who's drawn on me. I mean, it's not like I like chose something really ugly. Are you saying my drawings are ugly? I don't know. I haven't seen them. I can't. I can't see all of it. Yeah, and it's not like Chacha drew dicks on you. Chacha could have drawn dicks. Well, I guess she did draw those snake creatures, which she does call dicks. Yeah, but they're not literal dicks. Dilly, you are a work of art. Like I cannot say enough. Like, I cannot believe. Yeah, it's incredible. Like, honestly, I wish you could see yourself. I mean, go look in Stink River. (laughs) That's the other problem. Uh, Stink River is not very reflective. There's too much algae on the surface. Well, at least something's growing here. (laughs) So you guys making camp for the night? Oh, yeah. Yeah. We don't get to the end within a day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So you guys make camp. Have an uneventful night. The next day, you guys, I assume, continually traveling Stink River. Yep. Mm-hmm. So you reach a point where you can see the road meeting up with Stink River up ahead, and the road meets up with this small bridge that crosses Stink River. Stink River continues moving up the mountainside, where you can see a synth structure has fallen down into the river. It looks like maybe like it was a tower or a spire, but it's got all these weird random adjustments that don't really make sense to you guys. It's it's very much like a prior world installation. 
and where it's landed in the water as water passes through it or under it, it seems to affect the water and taint it in some way. And on top of the spire, walking along it or crawling along it, you can see about four or five apparently humans. They are wearing pretty typical villager outfits, like so not city folk. These are definitely villagers. And they are crawling all over this structure and hitting it with hammers and breaking bits of synth off, which they are then putting into their mouth and chewing. Hmm. Dilly throws up a disguise. Ah, mm. You ever had rock candy, Dilly? Um, isn't that stuff poisonous? No. No? What am I thinking of? Probably poison rot. Uh, no, I've never had rock candy. Um, any good? No, it's it's actually kind of t- it tastes like kind of tastes like rocks. Why would they make a candy like that? I don't know. Like sometimes they're just people selling it along the road when you're traveling and they're like, hey, I got this rock candy. Would you like to buy some? And like you get like a handful for like a quarter shin. Next, those might have been actual rocks. I don't think so, Dilly. And this is why, because like a lot of people sell them and I ate them. It's like Dilly described lead paint, and Nix was just like, oh, you mean wall candy? <laughs> Nix, I mean, it says a compliment. It's a miracle you're not dead. Like, it's... It... Oh, I know. Yeah, like, every day, right? Like, you live or you die, you never know what's going to get you. Yeah. Most likely it's cha-cha, but we'll let that lie. <laughs> Dan, do is um, in Dilly's right experience is eating synth ever been a thing that he's at least heard of fuck no (laughs) okay it's fucking weird would chacha have seen this before Mm, no i don't think so would nix have ever heard any rumors related to that nah i guess we should just ask him you guys i think chacha's gonna get out her little pew pew and kind of like keep it like in a pocket ready to go and Nix will pull out her telescopic viewport and zoom in on one of the peeps. Okay, so you zoom in on one of the people. It is a middle-aged woman. She's about average height. She's wearing worker's pants and a simple tunic. She's got short-cut gray hair. And by all other standards, she looks like a perfectly normal person. But you can see her hammering at the synth, and it's hard work. She's sweating from it, and she breaks off a piece of synth. And it would have been easy to miss from a distance, but since you're zoomed in on her, you can see as she puts the synth in her mouth and bites down on it that it's cutting the inside of her mouth. But she keeps chewing it anyway. Guys, we got to help these people. Like, this is not normal, and this is, like, not right. From what you saw, do they seem like they want to be helped? Like, we should definitely help them, but do they think that this is good, that what they're doing? If we try to, like, stop them, are they going to, like, fucking eat us? I would say, Nix, when you were zoomed in, you probably wouldn't know more without interacting with them. But the expression on her face wasn't, like, casual eating. It was hard work, and there was almost a frantic look about her expression. She's not doing it for shits and giggles. Yeah, there's something strange going on here. (laughs) Nix walks up, and it's just like... Hey, uh, what are you guys doing? Just a quick thing. As we approached, Dilly quickly altered the disguises so that no synth was showing on us. Oh, good point. Like, Nix's leg. 
Which I don't think she's gotten a boot for. Nope. Yeah, that yeah, that looks like a normal human boring ass flesh leg. You're no fun, Samson. <laughs> Minus a shoe or with a shoe? <laughs> Only one shoe. I was hoping you wouldn't think about that, but that's okay. That's okay. Okay, Stace, do me a favor and roll 1d6 for depletion. Three. So one of the men looks up and says, Oh, God, please keep your distance. We're just, we're so hungry. If you've got any synth on you, please keep it hidden. I don't know if we can control ourselves if we see it. Do you, like, sustain yourself on synth? Like, do you eat plants or, like, creatures? Nix, since you were looking so closely before, you can see that these tears are streaming down his face, but they also have an almost pinkish tinge to them. And he says, Vladislav told us to come here and and come back when our stomachs felt like they were full. Mm. Who? Vladislav. He's an explorer that's been staying in the village. He said he's seen something like this before and when he saw what came over us, he told us to come to this location because he had seen this tower. I'm just going to run a healing check on these people. Okay. So there's going to be multiple levels of success for this roll. I'm just going to have you roll the die once, but it's just going to determine whether you get a 9 or an 18 on your roll. And so with your healing, that'll be either a 6 or a 15. They're kind of just looking at my pools. You know, when you use debate, if you want to use... I'm going to use a level of effort, yeah. Okay. So that brings it down to either a 3 or a 12. 13. Yeah. We're going to help people. Okay. So since you got both levels of success, you can tell that their bodies are under tremendous strain from this. Something has happened to them to trigger some sort of mutation. It is unclear if it is permanent or temporary, but it is causing enormous problems for them. It's not a beneficial mutation. And that's all you know. I mean, like, so this has been going on for like a week or something? Three days. And he shoves another piece of synth in his mouth and chews, and you can see blood trickling out of his mouth. You remember what was happening before you decided that this was a great idea? I'm not sure. I was I was in the bar the, at the inn, and... I was talking to Race, and he was bragging about something or other. And then there was this other person, a woman. I, I didn't know her. And she said she had something even better. So I went over to take a look, and there was this flash. And God, I don't remember after that. The next thing I knew, I was trying to eat part of the bar table. And he opens his mouth and points, and you can see that his lower right canine is broken like a jagged break, like he crushed it against this oh. synth that he was trying to eat. Um, Nix, I think somebody's doing this to people on purpose. Yeah, I think we got to find this explorer that he, uh, that he mentioned. I mean, if they're doing this to people, like, we at least need to... I think we should take them out. I mean, yeah. Because, like, did the explorer compel them to eat the synth or like did he just tell them where the synth is dan do we have a sense of how we're doing on our travels in terms of time and how far we've gone you're getting very close you should be close to mountain's bone so we definitely have like we have enough time to like spend a day or two if that becomes necessary yeah sure i don't like how you said sure you could even ask this individual where they come from 
I guess. <laughs> Good uh, sir, what village are you from? Oh, we're all from Mountain's Bone. It's about a mile up the road. Wow, we made a great time. Stink River, shortcut, famous Dilly, famous. Or it will be after I, like, tell people about it. Okay, yeah. Oh, sweet. So, but will you eat rations instead? And Nix will, like, hold out a pack of rations. Believe me, we we want to. But the synth, it's the only thing that satisfies. So we have to eat until we're full. And then, Stace, give me a social roll of three. Ten. Okay, he trusts you enough. And then, after that, what we pass the synth, it's just more blood and pain. Mm like rock candy. Oh, no! Oh, please tell me that you haven't tried to no. eat rock candy. That's a scam. They just use quartz for that. <laughs> Thanks, I told you. I, Dilly, I... Not listener, you know quartz. Oh, God. Well, that's a real bummer, but, like, I enjoyed it in the moment. My butt hurts listening to this. There's a moment where he pauses and just looks at you and says, you enjoyed it in the moment? Go- going in is the moment, not going out. Like, no, not going oh. out. Going in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that <laughs> makes you know. more sense. I was worried for a second that you might be something <laughs> other than human. Uh, So, Mountain's Bone, that way? Yeah, just a, a mile <laughs> up the road. All right. Good to meet you. Keep doing what you're doing, and we'll try to sort this out. We've been here two days. We're still not full. Good luck. Yeah, we're going to help you. Okay, thank you. Don't forget to chew. We're going to help you, but, like, not help you eat this. Can we go now? Okay. And, and, and we just, like, shuffled to the side and then walk away. <laughs> leave. <laughs> just awkwardly leave. Okay. So you guys go a mile up the road, and sure enough, as described, there is a village there. It is large for a village. It's nothing close to what you would consider a city, but certainly Cha-Cha, with the exception of your visits to Charmond and Shalmas, it's one of the larger places you've been. Next, you would definitely know that this is, you know, a pretty decently sized village. The buildings are well-maintained and all of a very similar design to each other, which suggests to you that either this village has been using the same design over and over again for a long time, or perhaps they've had to do a lot of rebuilding over the years. It's a little unclear. Could be either. There are people coming and going wearing very similar clothing as the synth eaters that you encountered earlier. You see some livestock that are neem that are tied up near some rail fencing and, and braying. There's smoke rising from an edge of town, presumably from either a blacksmith or a right, depending on how sophisticated the town is in terms of its understanding of Numenera. You wouldn't know that just from looking at it. And just kind of eyeballing it, there are enough of these buildings that look residential that this could probably support upwards of 50 families, maybe, if you took a wild leap at it. On the whole, it just seems to be a healthy village, which is a bit at odds with the bizarre encounter with the synth eaters that you had only an hour before. And as you wander into town, you are definitely met with looks of curiosity because 
you know, as we've mentioned before, travel between places in the ninth world is very dangerous. So it's rare to have just travelers wandering in to a town where they don't know them. Hey, what's up? I'm Snix. I'm a traveler. It's my associate. Yeah. A traveler? Hi, I'm Bork. What did you say your name was, Samson? How did Bork? Bork, okay. Uh, this is my other associate. I'm Cha-Cha. Yeah, so who are you talking to? So just the first random people you see on the street? Yeah, yeah. First group. Oh, well, we're not used to getting visitors here. I mean, besides, you know, the occasional Aeon priest. But uh, feel free to check at the inn. They don't have a lot of rooms, but they might have something available. All right. Yeah, thanks. Next looks back. To, that went well. <laughs> I think it went great, except and Dilly like turns over to Cha-Cha. Mm, yeah. Fake names, Cha-Cha. I mean, it is a fake name. It's not my real name. A, a different fake name. Like. But like branding. Branding's working against us right now. We're not doing branding. Our branding is a wanted poster. We don't want that. <laughs> Chacha's like, but how will they like and subscribe if they don't know my name? <laughs> how how will they find all of my social media platforms? Chacha. So, okay. So, like, this is a great opportunity for you to, like, try something new and, like, experiment with other things under a fake name that nobody knows you by. And then once you achieve a certain level of fame under your fake name, you can be like, bam, it's been me, Chacha, the whole time. And everyone is going to just be wowed. Like, honestly, a lot of people do it. A lot of performers. Yeah. These theater kids I knew in college, they were always changing their names. It was kind of ridiculous and hard to keep them straight, but... So do I just like change my name into a symbol or what? No, I would use something, you know, verbal. I, I mean, what what do I name myself though? Like, You could do this fun thing where like your name changes every time, but it's always an L word, right? And that sounds like it'd be fun for like five seconds. And then you just start going, okay, but who are you? Larry? Lucy? Lucinda? Yeah, you would run out of L names eventually, I would think. You would think. I'm just trying to. Get ideas, damn. <laughs> Trying to help. What if we just called you like cha cha? <laughs> chica chica. Incidentally, this villager that you were talking to has moved on. Like he is on about his business. You are just standing by your lonesome having this conversation in the street. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. But yeah, Chacha's gonna look around and see if she can find something to name herself after around her. I'm gonna be like, you look around, there's a ton of cats. All you <laughs> see are buttholes. Buttholes as far as the eye can see. So, Cha-Cha, roll 1d10 for me. I got a 7. Okay. So, Cha-Cha, as you're looking around, the first thing that you see for inspiration is this pair of anines, which are, again, they are they can be pack animals or they could be ridden. They're sort of like a cross between a horse and a giraffe with really long necks, strange mouths, and uh, gills on the side of their necks and they are currently mating with one on top of the other and that is what cha-cha sees for inspiration uh i I guess my name is now baby pack (laughs) (laughs) and i'm the one that needs to grow up let's find this fucking in (laughs) did you say your name is now baby pack Baby pack doo 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 yes. doo doo. Okay. So Cha Cha has just announced this is her new alias. 
I gotta think. I got, I think I gotta do better than Snicks. I'm gonna think about that on the way to the end. But I like Baby Pack. Uh, you used Ordolo a while ago. So where are you going? To the end. <laughs> we're progressing through the plot, Daniel. That's what we're doing. Yeah. What? <laughs> what? Okay, so you make your way to a building with a sign out front that says the Marrow Pot, and this appears to be the inn. You go inside, it's relatively well-kept. There's a bartender at the far counter cleaning the surface. There's not too many people at tables in here. It's a little early even for the day drinkers to get started. Too early for the day drinkers? Impossible. The people that are in here are eating what looks to be, you know, in fantasy terms, we just say stew at the inn. But in the ninth world, it's probably more like insect squeezings that have been spiced and warmed over a fire. Nice. Are there any uh, adventure looking types? Mm, Give me a perception roll of six. Four. Yeah, you don't see anybody that sticks out to you as an adventuring type. Next, we'll go up to a group and just be like, yo, are, uh, are you guys aware of the door? Just dooring people? The door to the inn? Maybe. Like, do you know what it is? Like, what the door is? Well, I think it's made of wood, and one turns the other, and they say, Oh, all right. Who made that door, even? And they're like, Oh, oh, yeah. Um, that was Jory made that door. Of course, Jory used to make a ton of doors here. Did great work. Fine workmanship. Of course, you know. Now, Sully's running that, that shop down the way. Jory passed 10 years ago. Uh, peace be with her, but you know, Sully tries his best, but he's nowhere near as good as Jory was. But, you know, some people got a natural talent for that kind of thing. Daily walks away from all this. Nix is uh, just pulling out the history of Jory and the door and the new door maker. They will happily talk to you about Jory and door makers for the next 15 minutes. Oh, yeah. Nix takes a seat. Daily's going to go up to the uh, bartender. Okay, so you approach the bar. Behind it is a middle-aged woman with dark hair, this harried bartender who makes her living from the sweat of her brow. And she looks up, it's like, oh, you're you're new. Sorry, we don't get a whole lot of visitors. Uh, what can I get for you? Well, that's all right. I guess one, can I get a round of drinks? Uh, three, please. Two, is there a traveler here recently by the name of Icarus? Icarus? Icarus, sorry. Man, I... Don't recognize that name at all. Okay. Uh, just the drinks, please, then. Nyx tilts her head back and says, what about Ladislav? Nyx, I think you'd probably have to make a perception roll to... Oh, sure. Fair, fair. ...determine that call's going on. I mean, so it'd probably be a nine, but since somebody's already talking to you, it's probably a 12. <laughs> Nyx heard nothing. She got an eight. She's engrossed. Aww. So did Chacha stay with Nyx, or did she go with Dilly? I think she followed Dilly. Okay. So the bartender is up at the counter and, you know, getting the drinks ready. And she glances at Chacha and says, isn't she a little young? Nope. She is timeless. Fair enough. It's your business. And she gets the round of drinks and puts it up on the counter for you. Quick question. Is this beer going to make us want to eat synth? Not to accuse you of anything, but we we ran into some weirdos on the way in. Just a couple of them. Oh, oh, you you saw the Hendersons. That's the family? Yeah, yeah, the Hendersons. It was the weirdest fucking thing. They were here, and they were at the bar, you know, just getting a meal. 
And then they were talking to somebody in the corner. And the next thing I know, like one of them is trying to eat the bar and I had to kick him out. And man, I mean, luckily Vlad stepped in and was able to help get them sorted and, you know, get them on their way. But I mean, I've known the Hendersons for years, but there's a certain point when they're, you know, attacking my livelihood that, you know, you need to get a little aggressive. Sure, sure. Vladislav? What did this Vladislav guy say? Gal? Well, she said flawed. So is that an intentional slip of the tongue, Pidilly? Unintentional slip is what I'm going with. Okay. Yep. Oh, Vladislav. Yeah. He's a traveler, I guess. He's been staying here. Said he was waiting for somebody. He got here. He's been here a couple months now. And then his his buddy Race got here a couple weeks ago as well. So, yeah, he's been staying here for a bit. Nice fella. Is he another traveler? Is he a local? No, like I said, he's a traveler. He showed up a couple months ago doing some exploring, probably some ruin diving. Although, honestly, since Race has shown up, he just keeps sending Race out to do that kind of thing for him. And most of the time, he just hangs out here during the day, which I don't mind the custom. Hmm. All right. Well, uh, that's all the questions I have. My name's Bork, by the way. This is my colleague. Baby Pack. Baby Pack? I like that. It's got a nice ring to it. Yeah, I know. It's way better than Bork. Hey. Well, I wasn't going to say anything, but yeah, I mean, it's a great name. (laughs) So, Baby Pack, you wouldn't happen by any chance to be a performer. I just noticed you have a very bright outfit. Duh. That's awesome, because... I can always use things to kind of get people excited. There's not a lot of excitement that happens around here. Henderson's, you know, excluded. Uh, But if you could perform here at the Marrow's Pot, we could come to an arrangement, I'm sure. Done. Done? I haven't said any numbers yet. (laughs) Uh, But you said there'd be an arrangement, so it's no big. Right. Okay. Well, how about for starters, we say you get... 20% 20% of the door and whatever tips you earn. I get 20% of your door? I mean, like, don't you need 100% of it? Well, I mean, you get 20% of the door fee people pay to come in and see you to perform. Uh, uh, okay. <laughs> what is the door fee? Usually if we have a performance, since it's kind of a special occasion around here, I'll charge a shin each to come in the door All right. and get a seat. Yeah, it seems fair. Oh, and you can... Give us whoever they talk to before they started eating your counter. Because, you know, we got to do like a background check on them to make sure, you know, they aren't going to interfere with this performance. Oh, yeah. I didn't know who that person was. She was wearing a hood most of the time. Vlad said he was going to check into it, see what he could find out. But I haven't seen Vlad today yet, or at least not since breakfast. Are you guys friends of Vlad? Are we friends of his? I don't think so. We've never met the guy. He's just point of interest. You know, you walk in, you see a bunch of people eating synth, and they're told to do that by some guy named Vlad. So, Oh, well, Vlad didn't make them eat the synth. He helped us out. He helped, you know, get them on their way. And God, I hope the Hendersons are doing okay. They're not. They're not doing great. I mean, if you're eating synth in the woods. Man, well, that's disappointing to hear. Always fond of the Hendersons. And then she looks up over your shoulder back at the door and says, oh, here's Vlad now. Vlad, 
I got a couple people here asking about you. And you turn and you see this man. He's about 5'10 with short-cut blonde hair. He's wearing fairly worn, you know, aged, adventuring outfit, you know, sturdy clothes, things like that. He's got a weary face. It's this wind-beaten and acne-scarred. There are these little pock marks all along his cheek. And he looks at the bartender, kind of lifts his chin a little bit, and saunters over to you guys and looks at you both and with a gruff voice says, yeah, who are you? I'm Bork. Nice to meet you. Baby Pack. Bork and Baby Pack. Well, those are utterly ridiculous pseudonyms. Do not slander us. <laughs> yeah, first of all, rude. How dare you? Mm. Second, we met the Hendersons. What's up with that? Oh, them. Just a second, he motions to the bartender who gets him a drink, and then he grabs it and says, why don't you follow me? And he leads you over to a booth on the side of the inn. Meanwhile, Nix is still learning the history of door makers in Mount's Bone. Yeah, what was the uh, replacement's name again, Daniel? I, I didn't note it fast enough. You said Sully or Sally? Sully. Okay. So Vlad leads you over to this booth and says, yeah, the uh, Hendersons are a rough case. I hope they're doing okay. I haven't seen them in a couple days. Ah, uh, still hungry. Ah, uh, shit. That's disappointing. You, do you know what's up with them? I could hazard a guess. I didn't have much luck tracking down the individual who did it to them. That would have given me better answers, but they made good time out of the city. Well, I guess this isn't a city. It's just a village. Damn it, I miss Shama so much. These small towns, they're not the same, you know? But like the door. What? I own 20% of it. 20% of the door? The door, I own 20% of it. Okay. And Vlad looks at Dilly as if for clarification. What does she mean? Oh, do you not know what the door is? He pauses, and his manner grows a little bit more grave, and he says, Oh, I know exactly what the door is. What do you think the door is, Bork? I just think the door is the first. Entrance and exit. Are you, like, letting Chacha hear all this? Or are you just, like, shiny? Is Chacha aware that there is a call and repeat? Mm. She's a contractor, baby. Then I think Dilly's just being weird. Or at least trying to appear weird in front of Chacha. You're not going to try and distract the Chacha with the shiny? If she doesn't know what's happening, then I don't think Dilly would feel a need to. Would Chacha be trying to hide her confusion? I think she's just, like, deadpan staring at Dilly. Okay. Kind of like that guy in the dexterity toy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Vlad says, oh, it's you. Which one are you? I guess the short one. Uh, let me try it again. I think I'm the right, the right one. That was the pun I should have led with. Damn it. Oh, well, it's nice to meet you, Dilly. Thanks. People call me Icarus, although I'm not fond of the name. And that's where we'll end this episode. I just wanted to keep claiming 20% of that door. I'm sorry. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. So, Stace, something about this episode. The rock candy jokes. <laughs> yeah, those were good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Also, just being like on the road. Mm -hmm. Just seeing some weird shit, like with the Hendersons. and. Yeah, this kind of exploration is really Nix's shit. Yeah. So, and then next is almost realization. I just listed three moments that I liked about the episode. So I'm going to stop now, but like Nix is almost labeled clicking on. <laughs>
Mm-hmm. Cool. So we have a segment we do each week called Player Intrusions. That's where we offer you, the listener, an XP to check out something we think you would really dig. This week, it is my turn, and I will offer you all an XP if you read the book The Alchemy of Stone by Ekaterina Sedia. Ekaterina Sedia is a Russian author. She immigrated to the U.S., but this book takes place in sort of a alternate world sort of Victorian steampunk setting where there are people who are doing strange things through sort of artificing. And then there's alchemists, which are people that work with, you know, more pure magic. And it's a bit more of a lost art. The main character of the story is Maddie, who is an automaton that has been fashioned out of porcelain and fish bone. She's even got a petticoat And the story really explores how sort of patriarchy and capitalism are intertwined. And specifically, like you can tell, like she's got these built in heels designed to be beautiful. And in theory, she is an emancipated automaton, meaning that she is no longer slave to her maker. And so she's trying to learn alchemy on her own. But even though she's emancipated, her design is such that whenever she gets worried that she has a compulsion to go and find him. And then also, in order for her to live, she has to be wound up each day. And the only way to do that is with a key that the maker refuses to give up that he wears on his neck. And so he has to insert this key into her heart and wind her up every day. And well, because this whole situation is twisted, there's sort of that's tied to a pleasure response when she gets wound up. This power dynamic is sort of without being explicit about it, sexual violence is default. And it's mm-hmm. very disturbing. This book, that that whole thing with their power dynamic is beautifully written. And it it's also hard to read. I mean, it turns your stomach because once again, none of it is explicit, but that emotional weight, that situation of bondage is still there. But ultimately, what Maddie is doing is all these cities, these beautiful ruins that everybody's living in were built by these figures known as the gargoyles who were eventually turned to stone. And so she is trying through alchemy to find a way to free the gargoyles and bring them back into existence. And over the course of the story, she ends up assisting in what is effectively proletariat revolution within this culture. And so you see, once again, very clearly how patriarchy and capitalism are intertwined. Maddie is such a deep, complex character, and it is just so beautifully written and disturbing at the same time. This book haunted me after reading it like few others have. And so, yeah, I would highly recommend that you read The Alchemy of Stone by Ekaterina Sedia. That sounds fucked up and great. Yeah. It is. It's really good. If people wanted to reach out to us and tell us what they think about The Alchemy of Stone or the podcast, how would they do that, Samson? Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, they would go to exploreswanted.fm. That's our website. You can find pretty much anything attached to us from there. If they wanted to go to specific social media websites on Twitter, we are at Explorers Wanted. On Instagram and Facebook, we are at Explorers Wanted Podcast pretty active on our discord so if you want to find us there you can find us at explorerswanted.fm slash discord 
that should get you the weird ass gobbledygook link that they give you. Additionally, if they feel that what we've done here is worth money, they can support us as long as it is within your means at patreon.com slash explorers wanted. Yes. Excellent. And if you enjoyed the show, the best thing that you could do for us, honestly, is to tell a friend and tell them why you like the show and why they should listen to it. The second best thing you could do is to leave us a five-star written review on a podcast directory, specifically Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, or Stitcher. Those three in particular make a huge difference for podcasts our size as far as people trying it out. There's so many actual plays, it could be very difficult to figure out where people want to dip their toes into to try out different shows. And, you know, it's, it's an hour. It's a commitment. So that is a huge help. If you didn't like the podcast for some reason, or if you just thought it was meh, well, I want to remind you that the blessing and curse of sentience is the capacity for self-reflection. Complex thoughts and behaviors can emerge from the viscera and electricity riding the nerves along this first-year pottery project that we call Skeleton. We can perceive beauty, feel love, and laugh. We can also hate, feel fear like an icy hand gripping our spinal cord, and develop complex anxieties and maladaptive behaviors in response to real or even imagined threats. We don't know if it's a particularly useful survival strategy in the context of the greater universe. In the meantime, do your best to be kind, to love one another, and make good art whenever you can. Sentience has its price. Make sure you get your money's worth. If you want to reach out to us individually on social media, you can. You can find me on Twitter at Anderlich, A-N-D-R-L-I-K. You find me on Twitter at Stace Windu. What's the return policy on sentience? I'm at Slam Potato. You can find me debating the merits of weekday labeled underwear at Realty Unicorn or on Twitch with Tea with the Unicorn. I mean, like, you'd have to, does it coordinate? <laughs> All right, that's it for us. We hope you enjoyed the show. We will be back next week as we will for every week in the foreseeable future. Have a good day, night, weekend, or whenever you're listening to this. And bye. Unlike the time that my father-in-law accidentally ate, like, almost a pound of raw chicken by accident. By mistake? How do you mistake? Yeah. Well, so my mother-in-law was marinating some chicken in a Tupperware container to cook later that night. And he saw the Tupperware container and assumed it was for him to take to lunch, to, to work with him for lunch. So he came back home and he was like, oh, that chicken you made for me was just so delicious and moist. It just slid right down. And she was like, that was the raw chicken. Luckily, there was some citrus in the marinade. So I think that's probably what was saved he at him. least cute. Was he at least like a himbo or something like he was grossed out? I mean, no, he's not a himbo. He's a very intelligent guy. I don't believe you. Listen, I, I, I'm just I like a paper wrapped burrito one time with the paper still on it. And I was like, you know what? That wasn't bad. And the only reason I realized it had paper wrapped around it was because other people were walking to the trash can with burrito papers on their trays. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> Bye. I think I'm drunk.